Yes, may I have your attention, please? A little bit of magic. Who run the world, girls? Who run the world, girls? Ole, ole, it's showtime. You are listening to the Mini Minxes. It's a mischievous way to start your week. Disney Girl Power. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to episode thirty. Oh, the big three O of the Mini Minxes podcast. As always, I'm Kimmy, and with me is the glamorous, fabulous Michelle. Hello, Michelle. We're thirty. I know, I wish I was. Well, I am. Yeah, true. <laughs> so thank you to everybody for downloading this fortnight's episode. And if you want a podcast that's all heart and no snack, you have found it. We are here. Find us for fortnightly Disney fun on iTunes, Stitcher Radio or Podbean. Or you can even pop over to our blog and listen to us now. So plenty of ways to catch up on the Minxie Madness. And as well as catching up with us, if you'd like to interact with the show and contact us for any reason whatsoever, we absolutely adore hearing from you. So you can contact us via email on contact at theminiminxes.co.uk or you can tweet us at theminiminxes. And if I like you and I think you're a VIP, I'll even tweet you myself like I did with Young Joe. Yeah, or a good tip from me is tweet Kim something about Stitch she's bound to respond very true there, if it's got something to do with Stitch I do try and get involved slowly but surely I'm sort of getting used to Twitter but no it's not for me it's not like I'm Michelle who's on it 24 hours a day it's only because I've got such amazing people to interact with true, this episode then we are going to take all our listeners. Are you ready for this, Michelle? I hope you've budgeted for this. Oh, God, I better get the checkbook out, Adna. We are taking all our fabulous listeners to Walt Disney World. I thought we'd spent all that lottery money. Well, I think I found a spare tenner behind the sofa. Oh, God. Can we get to Disney with about three people for a tenner? Uh, I'll try my best. I'll try and blag it. Oh, go on, then. Well, we are going around the world with Lillian Oopsima, who's going to talk to us all about Walt Disney World with kids. Then we are going to do some corny acting, because we are going to go and have a ride on... Are you ready for this, Michelle? The, WD, the WDW Railroad. Woo woo! Doo doo! I've been on that railroad. Good then, because you're going to be our expert guide. Oh, God. I'm just... Nothing I'm, like Vortis, is there? Well, seeing as you've done the tours and you, you've got the knowledge, you can inform everybody and I'll just sit and enjoy the journey. Oh, go on then. But before all that, I'm going to give you a film review. A film review? You live at the cinema, Kimmy. <laughs> what have you been reviewing? <laughs> the reason I live at the cinema, Michelle, is because I have a Cineworld pass. Is, is that like a uh, fast pass? 
not particularly, no. It's um other, to, to quote my friends from Dis After Dark, other cinemas are available. But, <laughs> um World, just in case you don't know, if you go to the cinema a lot, they do what they call an unlimited pass, which is about fifteen pounds a month per person and you can go as many times as you want all month. Wow, sir. But it is a subscription, so you can't just like buy a month and then that's it. You've got to keep... We don't have to keep... I think you have to have it for a minimum of 12 months, so it's a bit like a gym membership. But if you stay with them for 12 months, it turns into a platinum membership and you get more benefits. But anyway, enough about me advertising for Cineworld because they're not sponsoring the podcast. Um, I went and saw the new version of Oz. Oz will sweep you into a world you'll never want to leave. Prepare to be wowed by the movie event of the year. Oh, I do wish I could see it for myself. Yes. Oz the Great and Powerful is sensational, dazzling. It's pure movie magic. There's no place like Oz. Oz the Great and Powerful. Rated PG. Now playing in theaters and IMAX 3D. So you're going to tell us all about it then, Kim? Well, I'm not going to... This is going to be a spoiler-free, very quick review because we do have other things on the podcast. Okay. Um, and I know that you're probably wanting to go see it because you're um, a big Oz fan. Well, you like you like The Wizard of Oz anyway, don't I you? I love The Wizard of Oz. I watched that the other day, snuggled up on the sofa on Mother's Day. I absolutely adore Adore the film. Well, I think if you adore the film, you will quite like this. This is a prequel as such, where it's all about how the wizard Oz arrives in Oz. So it's before the film was set? It was before the Dorothy and the Lion and the Tin Man and the Scarecrow, yes. Now, this film stars James Franco as the wizard. Now, watching this film all the way through, I thought that part that he's playing could have been played by Johnny Depp. Now, the reason why that part that he was playing could have been played by Johnny Depp is because James Franco is actually the third choice for that part, unfortunately for him, bless him. First choice was Robbie Downey Jr., Second, and he turned it down because he fell out with the director over a plant. Um, plant? Oh, and long story. A plant? A plant. In, like a, a rhododendron bush? Well, I think, the, I think, uh, and I can never know how to say this man's name properly, Sam Remy, which, but the director of the film, I think, sent him a, a dead plant as a oh. joke, and I think he took offence. Something like that. So he turned it down. And then they went and asked Johnny Depp, who said, no, sorry, I'm too busy doing Toto, uh, can't do it. So Toto, then... hang on a minute, Johnny Depp was being the dog in Wizard of Oz. No. But that's it's... what the dog was called, Toto. The Lone Ranger, Tonto. Oh, Tonto. <laughs> Wrong one, <Kim>. Wrong one. <laughs> so, yes, Depp liked the role, but he declined involvement, citing his commitment to another Disney film, The Lone Ranger. Therefore, Sam had already worked with James Franco on Spider-Man. So they already had a bit of a relationship, so 
he gave the um, part to him and he does a really good job he really does but he, it is like the part was made for Johnny Depp unfortunately it's very much the same sort of similar style to um, a Tim Burton film but a hell of a lot better because it isn't as dark and to me this film is what Tim Burton's remake of Alice in Wonderland should have been. As well as James Franco there's Amelia uh, Kunis as Theodore, Rachel Wise as Evadora, who's, all these names I'm probably saying wrong, and Michelle Williams as Glinda and they all do a fantastic job in the parts that they play, they really do. And you find out all about how Oz becomes basically the Wizard of Oz and you see how the Wicked Witch of the West becomes the Wicked Witch of the West and there's even little cameos in there by um, Scarecrow and the Cowardly Lion Hang on a minute, hang on, I'm getting confused Is this the same thing then that the stage show Wicked is? Now I thought this because I have never seen Wicked so I can't <gasps> You've never seen Wicked. You can't have never seen Wicked. Wicked's amazing. I've never seen Wicked. So, to be honest, I couldn't really comment on that because I haven't seen it. And I haven't done any research to compare the two. Because this was just supposed to be a film review. But, also, quickly, the 3D in this film. Now, I am a fan of 3D in modern films. I think it's pointless and useless. But, with this film, it is worth paying the extra to see it in 3D because this is the best use of 3D I think I've ever seen in a Disney film and it adds so much I think to the film they've actually I think thought about the 3D while they were making the film so definitely definitely see it in 3D now bear with it because the beginning of it is in black and white similar to the original I think it's sort of like a nod to the original and the colour comes when he gets to Oz. Similar to how it happens in the original, because it's all a bit dull, isn't it, in the beginning of Wizard of Oz, till she gets there. It's not dull. Well, the colours are dull, I mean, not the storyline. Have you seen all the linkings that they're doing in the park at the moment with food? Um, I was, I'm nearly going to call it food and garden, and it's not actually, it's flowers <laughs> and garden, isn't it, but with the introduction of the food. What do you think to that? Have you seen any of the coverage? I haven't, no, go on, tell me. Well, seemingly there's an Oz-themed play area. Mm-hmm. Every year they pick a movie to sort of theme into Flowers and Garden, and um, this year it's it's obviously Oz, and I've seen pictures of people sort of stood in a basket with a big balloon sort of effect to make it look like they're in the iconic scene towards the end of the film. Yeah. And there is that going on, and there's topiaries a gather and some theming. I think you can walk down a bit of a yellow brick road. Yeah, so it looks kind of cool. I I personally would love them to incorporate more of Oz at Walt Disney World. Whether they will or not, I don't know. I I, I hope they will. Um, there is talks of a sequel to the film. I don't know where they're going to take it. Um, I don't know what other stories they can sort of tell. I'm sure they'll come up with something. Um, and I'd love to see more. I'd love to see an Oz-themed land. I just don't know whether this film so far has been as successful as what they were hoping it was going to be. I think it's sort of 
warm to mediocre reviews it's got and the reception's been sort of they've not sold as much as what they wanted to do but I think it's a fantastic film it's so much better than Alice in Wonderland and like I said at the beginning this is what Alice in Wonderland should have been in the same sort of style but we'll see I definitely say if you like Wizard of Oz go see it it is really good um, so yeah two thumbs up from me I'll be buying it on DVD when it comes out Oh, well, I'll be probably waiting for it to come out. <laughs> and then maybe, I don't know, if, if our listeners are interested, we can do a little feature on Wizard of Oz, because obviously there's one of my favourite films, which again is a bit of a cult classic return to Oz, which is a Disney film, which I love. Mm, I'm, not, I'm not keen on that one. Oh, I, I, I love it. One. No, I love it. Mate. Which is the dodgy one? Well, it's the Muppet one that's really bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, there's also a Muppet version. So, yeah, there you go, Michelle. I've just wrote a feature. We can do a feature on Disney's relationship with the Wizard of Oz. We'll think of something along those grounds, then. Definitely, but, yeah. Go see it, and I want to hear what other people thought of it. I've already heard what you think of it, Lee, so you don't have to tell me. I know you you, you liked it, but you didn't like it that much. <laughs> but everybody that doesn't sound likely. No, not at all. But everybody else can please email us, tweet us, Facebook us what they thought of the film. Let me know if you liked it or not. Super duper. Well, after that amazing film review, you'd be getting the new name of Kimmy. Was it Barry Barry Norman? He was called. So we'll have to call you Kimmy Norman. No. After that lovely review, um, how about a Cayman fact? Go for it. <laughs> Kieran and I have a Dining at Disney with Kids fact for you. A lot is said about Disney does kids food on cool shaped plates, but what about those kids who are a bit too old for that? Like, mm, uh, me. Well, my top tip can be given in two words. Theming of buffet. So, top tip number one covers my favourite themed eatery. I love the sci-fi diner in Hollywood Studios. As the cute cars and the sci-fi-esque big screen keeps me entertained whilst I wait for my food, yes, the food is kind of basic, but it's just right for me. So if you haven't yet tried sci-fi, book your ADR now. Or try a walk-up in quite a time, such as 3pm. But be aware, walk-ups don't always get to sit in the car. Right, Kim, this is going to be a difficult one for you, lovey, isn't it? Because obviously you don't go dine at Disney World with kids, apart from your mum, kid, Aaron. Well, I'm going to say you could so, call him a kid. He's a but, brat. But he is mentioning in his fact his care in a place that I know you love, Sci-Fi Diner. Woohoo! That so is... what's your favourite meal from there? Ooh, oh, uh, last time I went, I had the shrimp pasta, which was really nice. But I know that I'm really, really excited to try the picnic burger when we next go. I've had the picnic burger. The picnic burger is pretty cool. That's like a burger and a hot dog, isn't it? It's like everything you could ever dream of. i tell you what I do like there, though, is the spinach and artichoke dip, even. Ugh. Oh, it's well nice. I won't eat it. It's green. I'm sorry, I don't like green food. But it's cheesy. It's green. Oh, it's nice. Aaron always gets a burger. 
Typical. It's like eating blended Kermit. No, thank you. It is nice, though. And the milkshake's a boss there as well. <gasps> milkshake's a boss. And the ice cream sundae's a boss. And the whole um, restaurant is boss, really. The atmosphere is... It's just so unique. I love it. There's one tweak I'd like to do to it, though. Go on. Well, the film strip only lasts about 50 minutes. So if you take longer than that to eat your meal you end up seeing the same bit again. And when you've been a fair few times, it sort of gets repetitive. That's my only criticism. I love everything else. I also have been and ordered the steak from there. And it was good, but personally, it's not the place if I want a good quality steak I would choose. I'd go somewhere like Shuler's. But the burger, the fries, the onion rings, that type of thing, nice big ice cream sundae and you can have your blended Kermit stuff and wicked but it's nice it is we have the lovely Lillian who's going to now come and talk to us all about her book and her love of Disney with Kim and myself today is Lillian Oopsima Lillian is the deputy director and press officer for tourist office for Flanders in Brussels However, she currently resides in New York, but you can always find her travelling all around the world. Talking of the world, she is the co-author of the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World with kids. This series has currently sold over 4 million copies worldwide. Welcome Lillian, how are you today? Thank you, hello to you and uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm doing very well, albeit a little chilly, but I heard uh, it is the same in the UK right now. So I guess we all would wish to be just a little bit more south um, in the Kingdom of the Mouth, where I heard that this morning it was 19 degrees Celsius with an expected 27 tomorrow. It's an improvement on here, isn't it, Kim? Wow. (laughs) Just slightly, yeah. So, Lillian... How did you first get involved with Walt Disney World with kids and how did the book come about? About six years ago, a little over six years ago, I met my co-author, Bob Dallinger, at a, at a travel writers conference. And um, I had met him several times before, but he eventually came and asked me if I would be interested to um, co-author the kids edition uh, of the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World and um, I accepted doing so in the beginning it was rather oh my god why did I say yes what am I going to do next and then (laughs) oh my god this is fabulous I'm doing this I had gone to Walt Disney World so many times way before I even met the co-author uh, and actually had, at the time, bought uh, the what we call the big book, the unofficial guide, to go there myself with my then three-year-old son. So it, it, it was a special treat to, to be able to, to put all my love for Disney and uh, the excitement uh, of visiting there and, and work it such that it would be a book that is dedicated to specifically families traveling with kids to Orlando. In the book, you've, you've mentioned your co-author, Bob. You've, you also have involvement with Len Tester, is that right, from Touring Plans? How is he involved? Absolutely. Well, Len is um, what I would call our 
touring plan guru. There is nobody who knows the parks inside out better than than Len. And Len provides for our book all the touring plans. There are lots of touring plans. Touring plans for people who read the book and listen to us, meaning getting up early, being there the moment the park opens. Um, there are touring plans for sleepyhead. We have touring plans for half days, full days, one park, two park, you name it. Whenever we want to have a special plan meeting the needs of our readers, Len is definitely the man to go, and obviously uh, his his um, company touring plan, uh, which you know very well, is is extremely successful and an absolute great tool to have. It is indeed. Now, I gather out the book you have three kid guides, Ian, Hannah, and Shelton, but you also have feedback as well from people who have contacted yourselves and said, "Well, I I think this of the." this particular ride or this hotel was that something that you quite consciously wanted to involve firstly children and then actual park visitors rather than journalists for example yes absolutely that was uh, actually to involve the kids was my idea when Bob approached me so many years ago so we originally had four kids my son included he graduated he still goes to the parks but uh, he uh, no longer contributes as a little one to the book because we wanted to keep it age appropriate he's now 22 <laughs> young fellow um, and uh, while he's still very opinionated and much in love with Disney uh, he does no longer contribute to to the book. However, um, we we not only uh, wanted it that way. We also actively ask uh, our readers and visitors to participate. Uh, if you look in the back of the book, there is um, there's always a tear out sheet called uh, the unofficial guide reader survey, and um, guests to the to the parks can uh, fill out their experience and also add anything they want to share with us and we get lots and lots and lots of information from from the visitors and we really feel that they reflect much better uh, the reality on the ground. Uh, being a journalist myself, uh, there is no harm with journalists and, and um, covering the parks and, and I do know that Disney Disney provides all kind of exciting of access and, and stories, but this book really focuses on how best to enjoy and survive the parks with small children. What I personally think works really well, and I think it's its strong selling point, is, is its layout and it's very clear and even in my opinion I've shown it to my children and they they've got things from it because there's little icons and images to give the message so you don't even necessarily have to be able to read to access it and there's like a scoring system just so that for those benefit of our listeners who don't actually have a copy in front of them like myself could you just explain how the book is set out yeah um, I gladly do that. We have uh, a total of um, 12 sections, I would say, starting with basic consideration where you will find um, information and questions, basically. You should ask yourself before you leave, consider the age of the kids, if Walt Disney will for you, um, are you taking friends along, what are the rules going to be for that? Um, there are some 
tips and information for single parents. Um, and then another basic consideration, of course, what is going to be the order and the discipline on the road. Next, we're going into getting your act, we call it getting your act together, where we, we help gathering information, allocating time, when to go to the parks, and we have a serious talk about budget too. Uh, where to stay is another important section. Uh, we discuss on and off property uh, hotels. The dining section, very important. We all know, we all love our um, restaurants and uh, we discuss the meal plan. Is it worth your while or not? And we, of course, describe uh, the restaurants that are available to the guests. Boot camp is another section where we really... Um, try to bring home the notion that walking, walking is a big part of your mm -hmm. Disney experience. The parks are huge, so there will be a lot of walking. There needs to be some kind of, some level of preparation for that. Um, there will be lines, no matter what, no matter fast pass, fast pass plus, you will experience lines and if it is only to wait for the bus to go home with tired tired and cranky children um, we talk about the heat uh, we talk about fear factors and we give advice how to relax talk about rest pool time uh, mom and dad having some time alone, offering babysitter service advice. Uh, we talk about strollers, rain gears, and what to do when kids get lost. The next parts, part 7 to 11, are uh, dealing with the Walt Disney Parks per se, and that's where we describe the ride, as you mentioned, with a little icon. He's actually called Wufo, and Wufo makes faces. It's a little comic um, cartoon. Um, he can look scary, rough, loud, dark, sleazy, uh, pointing out that the ride indeed is or scary or loud or in the dark. The next part then, after Disney, we talk also about Universal Studio and Islands of Adventure, again with the same recommendation as far as the rides are concerned. And the last part really is about what I would call the rest of the world, the water parks, downtown Disney, and, and some of the things to do that are not necessarily um, related to, to, um, to Walt Disney World or any of the uh, parks down in Orlando. Fantastic. So you're not just getting Walt Disney, you're getting a, a big majority of the places other people will tend to dip in and out of, like going to Universal and SeaWorld and other places. That's really handy because a lot of the guidebooks, it's either Disney, it's either Universal, but you cover everything. Yeah, I think it's important because um, except for what we call the drive to destinations, all other guests, usually such as the guests from the UK will come and most likely will at least spend a day, if not two, at uh, Universal and Islands of Adventure and maybe also take in a water park or two. I mean, SeaWorld is fabulous. Uh, it's just, you know, there, there, there are just so many things to do. And if you fly in for a longer vacation or from, from far away destination, that is, in our experience, what, what guests are doing 
Kim, do you want to include about what your favourite part of the book is? It's a bit different. It's a bit hard for me because I don't actually have any kids, but I've obviously got a copy of your book to have a look through. And I would say probably my most favourite part of the book would be the fact that in part 10, you sort of detail the ride suitability for different needs, which I guess for people with kids who obviously have to meet the needs of their children, this is a good sort of tool for them to use because it, it sort of takes that worry and panic out of, is, is, is this attraction or ride suitable for my young one? Yes, uh, and, and I actually would would add to that, that, you know, especially since you mentioned the descriptions that are done in part 10, which, uh, well, there are some rides there that can also be rather um, scary for for grown-ups. I mean, not everybody is uh, is going to go in that Tower of Terror in the Hollywood Studios. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing it, uh, but I must say, my heart is, is, is probably beating at three times the, the pace it's supposed to whenever um, the elevator drops down. <laughs> and um, I want... Uh, for, I, I must say, in all those years, I managed only once to take my son on the Tower of Terror, and that was already when he was uh, older. He had already a girlfriend with him who loves it and doesn't have any problem in the Tower of Terror or anywhere else for that matter. We convinced him. He came. He walked out of there as white as you cannot imagine, and I actually felt really bad <laughs> because he wasn't even angry with us. He just was why He couldn't speak. And once he started to speak, he was stuttering. So um, it's not for everyone. So the description, I think, is also very important for, for grown-ups. And so many grown-ups like me and you enjoy the parks. Well, you're braver than me because that is a ride that everyone keeps trying to force me on no matter where I go do people tell me that that's the ride that I need to go on, includes Michelle as well. And the fact that you've just told me somebody came off their white doesn't really, listeners, make me want to use it. Well, you know, I really think that no matter the age, nobody should really force you to do it. Obviously, it's much more serious. I've seen parents convincing kids to go on rides with all kind of inappropriate remarks such as you need to be brave or you know you put your you put me to shame and all of that and then they come off screaming and crying and they refuse to go even into a small they wouldn't even go into the hall of presidents for all they care because they can't trust anymore the grown-up with them who told them it will be all right i mean even i have rights that i will not do and that would be summit planet I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I would not do that. I'm convinced that I would jump the barrier and get terribly hurt. I just have <laughs> no, not enough courage to do it. No, I <laughs> won't do. Oh, my heavens. Um, I suppose for me, something that you, you don't normally get to see when you're reading a, a guidebook is what the book starts off with is something that I think is just 
the key piece of advice given to anyone who is planning on a holiday to Walt Disney World, especially when you're going with extended family, grandparents, etc., is setting the ground rules. Because even when you're going with friends that you know really, really well, you'll all want something different out of the holiday and out of the experience. And the book goes through quite in detail with some questions that I wouldn't have necessarily thought of and I've sat reading it and thinking actually that's you know that's a good idea and yeah making sure that no this is what's expected this is how we are going to do with things like children if they decide to have a meltdown or grandparents if they decide to have a meltdown and things like that so it's it's personally for me it's it's really well organized at the beginning now i know it's quite difficult for kim because she doesn't have any children so it's it's she goes to the parks on a completely different schedule and a different itinerary to, to myself but well you only have aaron don't you and we can't really call him a child but um <laughs> well he's a big kid sometimes he is bless him um but f- for me i've used the book even though I'm not taking the children with me this year because it's it, it, it's helping me research particularly um, some of the things that you say aren't good for children, people with families. And I'm thinking, oh, that'll be good for me then because I'm sort of flipping it over like it says, oh, this, this hotel, um, probably not the best if you've got kids. And it's like, yes, I'm going to go stay that one because I've got no children <laughs> and I don't want the little people running around. So you can... Yeah, yeah. And flip things round as and well. And the ground rules really, I mean, not as much detail as we give there, but the ground rules are things that everybody should discuss who goes, unless you're going by yourself. Even though when you go by yourself, you better be prepared. If you've never been, you will suffer from the lines. You will not enjoy the park in the heat. You will not know what to do when it's boring and... You know, I mean, there are just so many tips in there that are good um, for everybody who is visiting. And, uh, and especially, I've had a, a group of friends who went down, um, young people in their mid-twenties, and the leader, the organizer, had asked me for ideas and tips. And and she came and said, well, you know, it's a little structured what you're giving me there. They are all grown-ups. And I'm like, okay. But, you know, she went anyway, came back and reported that it would be all the plan in the next, the next time, following the plan, or she would not be the leader no more because she indeed experienced the same thing. Not everybody has the same interest. Uh, some people are really good at getting up in the morning. Others are not. There need to be ground rules. And when you go in a group and everybody is depending on the other person, um, it, it, it quickly becomes frustrating. And after all, let's not forget that A, most importantly, you are there to have a good time. And B, it doesn't come uh, for free. One other thing in your book as well, I just wanted to mention for our listeners that I found really sort of interesting and is the um, little sort of chunks of behind the scenes news little bits of maybe news and rumors from Jim Hill I mean what was his involvement in the book oh Jim is a very good friend of the unofficial guide series and um, he helped us to to lighten up the book because 
the book itself, uh, as you may uh, notice, it has no pictures. So it is a tedious big chunk of, of over 450 pages. And we felt that the little information that we provide or the icons with uh, movie tips um, and, and, and definitely uh, Jim's uh, behind-the-scene information just uh, would give it the right feel. And I'm glad to notice that you enjoy it because that was the intention. It's like I say, it just brings that different vibe to the book and obviously it integrates into the book really well. Thank you, I'm glad you enjoy that. So what what's the latest edition and where can our listeners get a copy and how much is it at the moment? Uh, the latest edition that is out there on the market is the 2013 guide and we just started our work, research work for the next one which won't come out till um, fall. Uh, right now, the book is available on Amazon, um, and in the UK, it is priced at eleven pounds and ninety-nine. Yeah, eleven ninety-nine. That's really good value when you think this. Like as you say, just on what between four hundred and sixty-eight pages, so just under five hundred pages, full of holiday fact-finding information. Because when you compare how much you spend on going to Walt Disney World and you put so much onto this trip, you know, it's a, it's a big thing of mine, is you've got to plan and you've got to know what to do and the more you read, the more you listen to the more you sort of speak to other people the better prepared you can be and get the most out of your vacation Indeed. Okay, so moving away from your book, from the book I know from meeting you last year in Walt Disney World that you do make quite a few trips how many do you reckon you'll squeeze in this year? Um, I've got a total of... Um, so far, I've got four booked. And I'm hoping for at least one more, if not two, by the end of the year. The word green with envy. <laughs> <laughs> it is an addiction. I When I'm back at the office, I'm really thinking... Oh, you should be grateful you had such a wonderful time. Stop it already moping. And I'm like, mm, I'm moping. I want to go back. <laughs> and I come up with all kind of excuses why I should go back and how I could do that. Well, thank you very much for joining us today on the Mini Minxes. Um, obviously, me and Michelle hope that you'll come back and talk to us later on in the year. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I hope to see you again when you come down to Orlando and uh, that would be just uh, fabulous we can exchange ideas and, and information of our latest visits uh, mine coming up uh, for the Epcot Garden and Flower Festival and I believe Michelle you are coming back in the summer right? I am indeed I'm over um, last two weeks in August and Wonderful. Kim is over in November. Am I yeah. right there, Kim? Wait, yes. November, that's fabulous. You see, that's when I want to go back too because I'm really hoping that by then, even with delays, uh, the fairy um, tale Princess Hall will be completed and then obviously next year um, the last uh, part of the new Fantasyland extension will be the 
the, the mine train of the seven dwarfs. So uh, when you come in November, you probably will see that, definitely. Woo! Oh, well, you've just made us both incredibly jealous minxes. And if any of our listeners, and I can only do but urge you to ensure you get a daily delight of photographs, updates, and lots of news from Walt Disney World, where can our listeners find you, Lillian, um, I do have a Facebook page um, that is dedicated to the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World with Kids. That's also the name. So you just put that the title of the book in on Facebook and you will find me. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter or on Pinterest just under my name. Fantastic stuff. Well, for the moment, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me and to you and all the uh, audience who is listening, a very magical day. So if you are tempted to buy Lillian's book, big, big, big hint. If you pop over to our blog, to the right hand side, there's a little box and it has all of the books that we recommend. These are authors that we have interviewed recently or books that we've read ourselves we're going to be adding to it over the next few weeks Lillian's book is on there if you click on the icon it'll take you across to Amazon and at the moment it's coming in under about a tenner and that is an absolute steal admittedly Kimster and myself do get a little bit of ka-ching back from Amazon but it's the same price that you'd pay if you went direct to Amazon so definitely recommend you go buy that book but more about that ka-ching later so, yeah, come on, Kieran, give us another fact. Hi, this is Kieran, and I have a Dining at Disney with Kids fact for you. Whilst on holiday, I really don't want all that fancy, smanchy, dancing dining. My mum can do that without me, thank you very much, by leaving me in a kids' club. So personally, I recommend buffet dining all the way. I have heard it say, I'm a bit of a fussy eater. If it doesn't look right, I won't eat it. I'm gluten intolerant, so too much bread will make me ill. I don't like spicy food, so buffets are great because I get to pick. And also, I get to explain to cast members my food issues, and they will happily get the chef to bring me some something like plain grilled chicken. Also, there is a great character buffet out there. Who can resist tempting Piglet to a bacon sandwich? But that's cannibalism. Right, Kim, I know at some point we're going to do a feature about our favourite buffets, but what's your favourite buffet? Ooh, question, question. Um, I would probably say at the moment it would be the fireworks dessert party. <gasps> oh, that is pretty, <laughs> pretty hard to be. Um, other ones, I don't... To be fair, I don't think I've done that many buffets at Walt Disney World. I've done Crystal Palace and I've done Chef Mickey's. Okay. Next time we're going, I'm excited about the Camp May one that we're doing. Oh, yeah, Camp May. I can't go there because of Tom's seafood allergy. I'll be right, get him to tell him to put a peg on his nose. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that one. What about you? What's your favourite buffet? Um, I loved Chef Mickey's. I thought that was a big, massive highlight. I've done Crystal Palace. Um, didn't like 1900 Park Fair. Um, I think on my next trip, um, I'm not really doing any buffets. I'm doing a lot of family style dining, which is slightly different. So I think my favourite has got to be Chef Mickey. Yeah, see, I wasn't a fan of that one, but that's because, I don't know, I felt a bit rushed. Did you not feel rushed when you went? Um, no, not really. Um, yes, every table had people there. There were characters coming round, but every single character made sure they hit our table. We had plenty of time with the characters, and as, as long as we were going and getting more food, there was no problem. Um, I think we got the first ADR for 7am, so it worked out, or 7.30, something like that, fairly early in the morning. And it worked out really well, because we just then walked over to the Magic Kingdom. True. And saw the opening show, so it was a good good morning. True, there's always that benefit of Chef Mickey's, it is rather close to the Magic Kingdom. It is. I know my friend's favourite buffet is, is it Tusker House? Oh, yeah. And they're like going, is it for about lunchtime? Cause I think if you go for about... 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, you get priority seating at Finding Nemo, something like that, or they used to do. I don't know if they still do that. Oh, that's good to know. Um, But that's never really appealed to me because there's quite a lot of African-themed food and Aaron likes burgers, not African-themed food, so that's why I've never been there. Oh, I tell you what, I'm, I'm telling a lie. I am doing a buffet this year. Go on, then. I'm going to try out Boma. Yeah, you see? Get me some zebra domes. Aye, I'll be packing them up in a little rucksack and taking them back to hotel for later. And for me. Oh, sweetheart, by the time they fly home, they'd have gone out of date, love. It's just not cricket, is it? No, sorry. Right, well, you're not... Anyway, aren't you going to tell me about this train journey we're going on? Oh, well, you're not going on it now because you're not bringing me back any zebra domes. Oh, I'll find something to bring you back. Well, who? You see, I mean, so easily bribed. You should know this by now. I like gifts and presents and free stuff. Yeah, but you're always getting gifts and presents and free stuff. Well, not enough. All right, then. Come on, talk to me about your trains. I'll find us something to give you. Okay, dokie. How are we going to get there this time? Because I ain't, um, I ain't booked the TARDIS yet. Uh, um. I don't know, Kimster. Let's just take them on a magical journey and we'll take it from there. Ooh, a magic carpet. I like that. A really, 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 really big one. As long as we don't have you singing. Oh, A whole new world. A hundred thousand things to see. Come on, Michelle. da 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 Right, or I could I could do the Donald Duck bit because I like to... Hold your world. There, Donald Duck's version. Woo! That sounded more like a drowned rat's version, but we'll swiftly move yeah, on. Can we got on to feature. Right <laughs> then. So we are working our way onto the Walt Disney World Railway. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Railroad. We're about to take a grand circle tour of the Magic Kingdom with a stop at Frontierland along the way. 
sit tight and keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs well inside the train. We're leaving Main Street Station right now, so wave it goodbye. But if you stay on board long enough, by sooner or later, you'll be back. What time of day is it, Kime? Uh, oh, I didn't pack a watch. What time of day do we want it to be? Well, you see, there's a few things I can tell you about that there train, you see. Go on then, shock If me. you choose to do the magic of our steam trains tar, you need to be at the Magic Kingdom for about 20 past 7. Now the reason being, they bring the um, number 2 Lily Bell locomotive round to the front of Main Street just for the guests going on that tour so that you could get a picture of the train with no cast members or characters or anything dancing in front of it just for your benefit now why I mentioned that it's number two Lilybell out of the four trains that are in operation Lilybell is special did you know? did you know she was special? go on tell me why she's special well, she's the only locomotive used for the opening ceremony. And it's the only guests that get to ride it are the guests that are there who are the family for the day, or if you go on the steam train tour, or if one of the other engines go into failure and they need to quickly put another train on. The reason being, if you're there watching the opening ceremony, you'll notice the characters all get off the train towards guests watching there's no safety side panel and this is so that the characters can get on and off the train with ease but because there's no safety side panels the train is not normally in operation during the day mm. it is and I've got three more facts about the other locomotives that I'll tell you later don't want to give you all away now so, we're now at the front of the queue. Because we pushed. But it's interesting to know that there is no fast pass for this, so you cannot get a fast pass. You cannot, no. But you can get a minxy pass, which is, like Michelle says, pushing. <laughs> but we don't do that. Do you know you're not allowed to take an ice cream on board the train? Why not? I don't know. I was there, ice cream in hand. She wouldn't let me on the train. It had to be eaten really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Not supposed to take food on the train, but I've never ever been on the on that train without seeing popcorn on the floor. Well, what am I going to do with this turkey leg? Hide it till you've got on the train like everybody does who's got the popcorn, obviously. Ah, put it in your Dooney and Burke bag then. You're not putting it <laughs> in my Dooney and Burke. You can put it in that Marx's carrier bag. <laughs> Oh, right, so obviously, let's have a look at the view before we get on. Oh, looking over towards the contemporary. It's a rather nice view. It's a beautiful day. And it's not raining and it's not snowing. Yay! Oh, something new there then. It makes a trip change. Oh, Kim, I can see the train. Woohoo, which one is it? It's number one, it's the Walter E. Disney. Yowza. Tell me something about that train. 
For an old conductor like me, there's no better place to ride the rails than the Magic Kingdom. By the way, we're traveling on pure steam power. This old locomotive is descended from the mighty trains that powered the golden age of steam. And just like me, it's a little old-fashioned. Okay, the Walter E. Disney is named after Walt Disney. Oh. And it's the number one locomotive in the fleet. And we're about to board the train. And we all know Walt's massive obsession and love of all things trains. So, as we're going to board the train, we're going to tell you a little bit of the backstory from the Carrollwood Pacific Railway in his backyard to the trains that we have in the park today. Let's join us on a one and a half mile journey. It's going to take us about 15 minutes as we go around the Magic Kingdom. Do you know how fast we're going to travel, Kim? 25 mile an hour. What? No! <laughs> They're not allowed to go any faster than 12 miles an hour on the choo-choo trains. Oh dear. We're not going to get anywhere very fast then, are we? No. And do you know what? It's one of the most busiest railways in the world because it carries one and a half million passengers a year. Yowza. Aye. They don't seem to have many problems with leaves on the rails over there, you know. And I bet their season passes are not as expensive as the London ones. Well, if you buy a season pass for this railroad, you also get free admission to a theme park. <laughs> Woohoo! But you have to buy your own turkey leg. True, and then hide it in a carrier bag. Too right. Right then, I suppose we um, better let the driver crack on and get started. Now, where else can you travel from the charm of Main Street, USA to the untamed jungles of Africa, Asia, and South America? At the Magic Kingdom, anything is possible, and we're headed straight to the heart of Adventureland. It can get pretty wild in these parts, especially if you run into Captain Jack Sparrow. He's hiding out among those scurrilous pirates of the Caribbean. Whether you're boarding a boat for the Jungle Cruise or flying on Aladdin's magic carpets, when you visit Adventureland, bring an extra dose of bravery. As for me, I'll stay safe and sound right here aboard my train, if you don't mind. the wild west of the Magic Kingdom, Frontierland. This outpost is home to covered wagons, cowpokes, and country bears. And we've got our own mountain range of exciting adventures. You might catch a runaway mine train at Big Thunder Mountain, or hop on over to Splash Mountain and join Br'er Rabbit for a 50-foot drop straight down into the Briar Patch. So I mentioned before, I've got some train facts for you. Yes. I've mentioned number one being the Walter E. Disney. Which is what I've we're riding. I've mentioned number two, the Lily Bell, yep. named after Walt's lovely wife Lillian. Mm-hmm. Well, the number three tr- locomotive is the Roger E. Brogue. He's the Imagineering Transportation Specialist. He was a massive influence on Walt and his love of trains. But there's a special link between the number three locomotive, the Roger Brogue, and the number one 
These two trains are what's known in the trade as twins. Ooh. Locomotive number one has the serial number 58444. Locomotive number three, 58445. This means these two trains were constructed and built on the shop floor about their engineering works down in Mexico at the same time. If I remember rightly, these two trains are the only pair of sequentially serial numbered trains still in operation today. So, on the way to Frontierland, I think we're about to pull up to the station. Reached Frontierland Station, everyone. So sit tight until we come to a complete stop. If you're disembarking here, please carry your strollers all the way off the platform before you unfold them. That'll help make room for the new passengers joining us. Watch your step now. This is Frontierland Station. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Frontierland Station. This will be the closest stop for Adventureland and Liberty Square. As we come into the station, please remain seated until the train comes to a full stop and the all clear disembark. Once again, those please remain seated until the train comes to a full stop. Don't you love the smell of Frontierland? Mm, yeah? Well, to me, Frontierland, it has this amazing smell of oil and excitement and dust and gold rush. And it really brings about what a frontier land, if you like, would have been like back in the day. So it is just... It is actually like I've been transported back to the late 1800s. It's lovely. Are you sure it's just not the man sat opposite that you can smell? Well, I didn't want to say anything about that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have an interesting fact about this station, which I have not stolen from you whatsoever. That's not like you. <laughs> Did you know, according to your lovely note... <laughs> That the original station for Frontierland was actually demolished in 1990-91 when they were building Splash Mountain. Do you know, kid? I didn't know that. I must have forgotten it from when I typed up the show running order. <laughs> and I believe they had to move it, did they not, Michelle? In 1972, the Frontierland station opened in a location now covered by Splash Mountain. In 1990, the Frontierland station had to be torn down to make room for Splash Mountain and was relocated to its current location. Oh. Everybody looks like they've got on board the choo-choo train. Shall I give you another fact about the fourth and final train in this uh, quartet of locomotives? If you want, or you may save it for the next station stop. Oh, no, I've, I've got a number five as well, so yeah. I'll tell you about that one later. The number four is the Royal Disney. It's the oldest of the four trains. It was built in 1916. And I've been in the cab of the Royal Disney, and I tell you what, it's pretty damn hot in there. Is that because of all the hot air? No, darling, it's because of the steam. Oh. The engineer in the cab says there's a saying about what you can and can't touch in the cab of this engine. If it's covered in paint, don't touch it, it's hot. If it's not covered in paint, don't touch it, it's hot. Not even paint will stick to it. Can you touch the train driver's head? I wouldn't like to because it was sweating so badly <laughs> I, I thought the hands would go dead greasy. 
tell you what, those train, the guys who work in that cab do not earn enough money. Seriously. They work so hard preparing the trains for the mornings, looking after them through the day. It is incredibly hot. Over 120, 130 degrees it gets in that cab. I was in there for about four or five minutes and I, I was feeling ill. These guys are in there 40 minutes at a time. That is a rather long time to be in heat conditions like that. Just a bit, so they're amazing. So if you're on the railway, give them a little bit of a smile. I'm sure they'll uh, smile back at you. <laughs> the next stop, I believe, is the new Fantasyland. Yay, that means we go past the engines. We're going to see the engines, the engines, the engines. Right, well, put your hands in because they won't start the train until all limbs are inside the vehicle. Okay, then put your turkey leg away as well, then. Hi, folks. If you're just joining us, welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Railroad. Everybody stay seated and keep your hands and arms, feet and legs safely inside the train. And as always, keep an eye on your little ones. As we head into the American wilderness, we'll pass by the dusty desert town of Tumbleweed. And keep your eyes peeled for the runaway mine trains or Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Runaway trains. Now I ask you, is that any way to run a railroad? I feel right at home here in the prairies and forests of the American wilderness. These woods haven't changed much since the days when settlers started heading west. Nowadays, the rails can carry us safely through the wild, and a trip that used to take months can now be made in just a few weeks. There's plenty of deer, antelope, and elk that feed along the banks of the river. And naturally, plenty of early settlers decided to put down stakes and live here too. Of course, those early settlers weren't the first to make their home in this wild frontier. These native tribes of Plains Indians were living, hunting, and trading for centuries before we ever came along. They were the first to tame the wild horses of the American Plains, long before our big old iron horses started chugging through these parts. like we're almost out of the woods folks and we're coming to the outskirts of Fantasyland a place where any dream can come true here you can fly with Peter Pan or take a spin in a teacup Walt Disney always believed that no magic kingdom would ever be complete as long as there was imagination left in the world but with that spirit in mind these folks are dreaming up a whole new Fantasyland they're hard at work making future dreams come true Someday soon, you'll be able to take a trip under the sea with the Little Mermaid, or be our guest for an enchanted feast inside the Beast's castle. But for now, it sure is exciting to think about all the fun that lies ahead. Circus is here. This set up permanent headquarters of the Fantasyland Storybook Circus. This is the place to fly high with Dumbo. 
surface acrobatics and coaster heroes. This station is also your gateway to the rest of Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. Now please wait until the train has come to a complete stop. Gather your belongings and carry your strollers away from the platform before you start unfolding them. That way we can start loading up for the next leg of our trip. Right, so here we are at well, the newest train station, I suppose. It is indeed the new Fantasyland station. Which used to be called Toontown. It did, it was Toontown. And before then, it was Mickey's birthday land. True, true. Now I've got I've got a bit of woodenmanship on you over here, Kimster, because I've actually been to the new Fantasyland station. Where you haven't. Not like bragging, is there? I know. You're going to love it. It is beautiful. It's really nice. The detailing is really, really good. Now, originally, the train only went back and forth to Main Street Station from Tierland Main Street Station. But in 1989, additional stock was created for Mickey's Birthday Land, as you've just said, which evolved into Toontown. And sadly, closed in 2011. Mm. Mm. But it was gloriously reopened to New Fantasyland Station just last year, and it is spiffingly beautiful. Woohoo! Right, Michelle, put your balloon in now because they're wanting to set off and they can't because your balloon's in the way. Alright, Mum, I'll put my balloon out at way. And off we go to the next stop. Our destination is Main Street, USA. Now, everyone stay seated and keep your hands and arms, feet and legs inside the train at all times. Uh, and please keep an eye on your children. Now, as for travelling round, Kim, I've got a fact about the number five locomotive. Oh, well, quick then, because I wanted to set off. The number five locomotive was the locomotive that never was. It was considered when it was purchased to be in such poor condition, it was never used at Magic Kingdom and it was sold on eventually from scrap. Now, the four locomotives I've mentioned, numbers one, two, three, and four, all came from Mexico, mm -hmm. but the tracks came from Alaska. I'm going to shut up now. I'm going to let us enjoy the rest of our journey round to Main Street. Well, before you go, though, in my research, this same train that you're talking about, um, that was never put into service, isn't it displayed at Epcot somewhere? No, it was sold for scrap. Where's the train that's exited at Epcot? Well, I don't know. My notes say the engine was underpowered for the slight grade around Mickey's Toontown Fair Station and it was never put into service, though it was displayed in 1998. Oh, they go, in 1998 at Epcot's World Showcase. Well, uh, I'll go to the bottom of our steps. Uh, which book are you reading? <laughs> Kevin's or Lou's? <laughs> Lou's! <laughs> <laughs> I knew it <laughs> right, off we go. Next station. Where are we going next? Main Street, USA. Woo! Of course, there are those who prefer to hit the highway. And on the right, you just might spot some pint-sized drivers taking their first spin behind the wheel of a car. Getting from place to place is a big deal in Tomorrowland, where you might board a people mover 
zip around on the Astro Orbiter, or book a flight across the galaxy at our busy starport in Space Mountain. Tomorrowland is truly a world on the move. like a whole lot of new neighbors have been migrating in from all corners of the Milky Way. There's that rascally experiment 626, better known as Stitch, always up to his usual antics. Buzz Lightyear is scouting for a few good space rangers. Even the monsters of Monstropolis have taken a shine to Tomorrowland. I hear those monsters are pretty funny. They're sure funny looking. Yep, the future is here today at the Magic Kingdom. And the future looks like a lot of fun. But after working on the railroad all the live long day, it's nice to come home to good old Main Street, USA. Inspired by the small town dreams of a young Walt Disney, a walk down Main Street is like stepping back into the early years of the 20th century. Walt had fond memories of those days, and it's a dream we still like to share, especially at parade time. We've made a complete trip around the Magic Kingdom. For those of you who've been on board for the whole journey, thanks for putting up with me these past few days. If you're staying with us, we'll be headed for Frontierland next. Right now, please stay seated until our train comes to a complete stop. Then pick up your belongings and carefully step off the train. If you have strollers to unfold, please take them all the way beyond the platform so we can safely board passengers for the next leg of our journey. This is Main Street Station, Main Street, USA. Right, well, that was our round trip on the WDW Railroad. I enjoyed that, Kim, there. Oh, it was rather interesting. I knew absolutely nothing and Michelle knew everything. Do you know, I could speak for hours about the train tour. I really could. And I, I think I'm going to have to write a blog about it because I've got some very special pins and an autograph of the engineer on board mm -hmm. and lots of happy memories and photos. So I think I'll, uh, I'll do that. So have a little look out for the blog in a couple of weeks' time. So just quickly for our listeners then, off the top of your head, because I haven't told you to prepare this part, what is the, um, if they're interested in the railroad, what is the tour and how much it is and where can they book it? Right, you can book it by ringing up the nice people over at Disney and the number is 0800 I'm afraid I don't have the number if you're ringing from the States. Really sorry about that. And then just other things I suppose about the railroad that we should quickly mention that it's a C ticket rating. There is no ride photo and there is no fast pass. <laughs> <laughs> the ride capacity is unknown because it varies via whichever engine they use Coaches. I guess. Whichever coach they use. As Michelle sort of said, it opens and closes with the park. However, during parades, the trains may have to stop to let the parade cross the tracks in Frontierland. And trains do not run during the fireworks. They walk the full length of the track after the fireworks, just to make sure everything's okay. And then they do the same before the park opens and as the park closes, just to make sure there's nobody playing hide and seek and also that the tracks are all in good A1 condition for safety reasons. 
Super! Well, the wait times vary quite a bit from one train to the next, and the number of people waiting isn't necessarily a good indicator on how long you're going to wait, and a lot of it depends on how many people are going to get off at any particular stop. So just because you've got a train of people pulling up, it might be that none of them get off, therefore you still can't get on and you've got to wait for the next one. But trains can come as often as every five minutes or so, but ten minutes is probably, probably more like it really. As they generally don't run all four trains, like Michelle said. Number no. two. Yeah. Depends how busy it is. There is no, like I said, no fast pass. There is no single rider queue. Because there's no need to be one. And each loading platform is a train station, and which is appropriate for the land in which it's found. There are no health restrictions. The ride access is loading platforms, and they're viable accessible ramps, wheelchair transfers, certain cars can accommodate standard wheelchairs, users of larger wheelchairs and ECVs will need to transfer to a standard wheelchair which are available at the platform, wheelchairs and EVCs will not be transported to other stations so it will be necessary for you to do a full loop and return back to your original station. Did you know Michelle that you can take service animals on this train? Ooh. I do actually because I know the special seat you've got to sit in. Ah, you see. And also, handheld captioning devices are available for this attraction from guest services. Now, something a little bit close to home for me weight and size issues. Now, generally, there is no. There is no size issue. Seating can be a little bit tight, depending on how many people are on there with you, but they are sort of bench seats, so there's plenty of room for sized people to spread out <laughs> but don't obviously spread out too much because you have got to share your cabin with other people there is no height restriction there is no child swap and I think that is it really for my facts fantastic talking of facts shall we have a fact come on Kieran lay me a fact down <laughs> Kieran, and I have a Disney with Kids fact for you. Okay, moving away from dining for, for my last tip. It is how to stop us kids from having a temper tantrum mid-pack. How about giving us a daily set amount of money? This way we can have lots of fun checking out prices in stores to make sure we can get the best buy. That way you, you parents avoid the mum can I have situation because you can say you have the, your pocket money for the day either spend it or save a few days up for a bigger buy never ever ever give us spending privilege on our Disney room key or you may see three or four plushes t-shirts and a class set of key rings being bought and you'll be getting the $400 bill iTunes. If you like the show, we would appreciate you rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. And I believe, Michelle, we have been in the top 150 places and travel podcast over the past week. We have. We've been in at 132, which was absolutely fantastic. Woohoo! And the reason we're at that isn't just on the downloads, it's the fact that people um, are rating and reviewing us. 
and you know there's a, a lot of a massive buzz about the show at the moment so that's absolutely fantastic stuff so so yes that, please review us and not just our english listeners american listeners canadian listeners uh i believe we've got some listeners in australia japan did we say we had some listeners in japan japan we've got i've actually found out today we've got listeners in pakistan they're all over the world so wherever you are please leave us a review on itunes we'll give you a big shout out Woo! it's a dead nice but Although, when our current promotion ends, which I'll talk about in a moment, there will be an iTunes promotion starting up, but we'll talk about that maybe next time. Oh, even I don't know about that, so that's something yeah. you've kept close to your chest. But in case you're not an iTunes person, you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Stitcher is a radio app for Android devices. And iPhones, because I have a Stitcher app. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I've got it, but I never use it because I just download through iTunes. I have even got a Stitcher jingle, which I'll put somewhere. Oh, is that the one you made yourself? Yeah. Our show is now on Stitcher. Listen to us on your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire and other devices with Stitcher. Stitcher is smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at stitcher.com. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Oh, she's gone all dead shy. Well, on Facebook, as I mentioned before, we are running a bit of a giveaway competition. Now, we're going to have coming up in a couple of weeks' time the amazing Jeff Dixon, who we've interviewed before on the show. His book, Key to the Kingdom, is a jolly good read, and he sent us over a stack of them to give away to our lovely listeners. So, every day I'm going to be posting a picture of Jeff's book, What I'd like you to do is like it, share it on your Facebook, get your friends to come across, like us on the Miniminxes, and then out of all the people who like us on the Miniminxes Disney Podcast Facebook page, which is over a hundred odd people at the moment, I'm going to randomly choose one person to receive the book. So come on guys, please spread the word of the Minxes on Facebook Let's get more people liking us. Bribes are accepted if you wish to bribe me to pick you randomly. Another competition set on Podcast 28 was for the Passport to Goodies. We have had some amazing top fives. Special mentions so far go to... Now, I've left this blank, Kimmy. Alright. <laughs> because... I don't think it's fair to list the people who I'm going to do special mentions to until I've decided on the winner. Mm. I have had, at the moment, double figures, I hear you, no less, of people responding to this competition, so that is doing absolutely fantastically. Wowzers. Can I end? I know. Well, you've already got my passport as cruise line guide, but 
you did kind of make your top five a bit well known on the old podcast, didn't you, love? I'll have to um, come up with a a fake name and a fake email address and email a new entry. Uh, I think I'm going to have to be very scrupulous on this and make sure that a genuine case wins. <laughs> I might just send all the entries over to lovely Sarah and Jennifer over at Passport and Mums. Thank you very much for the shout out on show 162, by the way. Love you, ladies. I think your show is fabulous. So thank you very much for reminding all your listeners to try us out. Yeah. And where can people enter the competition, Kimmy? How can they find out more about this passport of goodies? They can go to our, our um, blog, which is www.theminiminxes.blogspot.co.uk. Now I'm going to be a bit mean and I'm going to announce. The closing date for this their competition. Right. Which the is? The closing date for this their competition. Well, this podcast is going out on the 18th of March. I am closing the Passport to Moms competition on the 20th of March. Oh, you're not giving them much time. Two days. How am I going to get an email wrote in two days? Well, it did go out on the 4th of March originally, Kimster. True. So I'm closing it on the 20th. Then we'll decide on who's won and we'll announce the winners on the blog. And I'll send over their details to Sarah and Jennifer and they will be in touch to liaise, getting the competition prizes over to them. Speaking of the blog, Michelle, I believe you have a few things to tell us about it. Well, it's been a little minx hub of activity. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you want to buy Lillian's book, pop to the blog you'll see a box on the right hand side that has a few books of our recommendation click on it it'll take you over to Amazon now you'll get Amazon crazy low prices but because you used our link to get there we get a few pence thrown our way now it doesn't matter to you because if you go direct to Amazon you'll still pay the same price but this few pence that we get some depends how many copies you order if you order 50 they might be a few pounds it all helps towards the running costs of the podcast because believe it or not it does cost kinster and myself a few pounds each podcast to get the show out to star it and we're constantly wanting to upgrade our equipment that we use to bring you the best possible podcast that we can so if you are able to use our link to go and buy your disney books we would be really appreciative so thank you very much for considering it super well all that's left to say after that really is our next show is out on the 1st of April Hmm. it is indeed Kimmy Wimmy the 1st of April that's all I'm going to say I best not go on too much about that one just a quick reminder on how you can contact us you can tweet us at the miniminxes you can email us, contact at theminiminxes.co.uk Like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the mini, oh, no, forward slash miniminxes Disney podcast. You can read our lovely blog over at www.theminiminxes.blogspot.co.uk where we aim every four or five days to have something fresh and new for you to read if you do want to contribute to the blog send us an email we'd love to hear from you so really again all that's left to say 
because I say that quite often, is mini kisses from me. Mwah. Mini kisses from me. Mwah.